1: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEI. 1102
2: of Gresh and Fourier. Watch us on YouTube. Actually, I got a better idea. Subscribe to the Gresh and Fourier podcast downloaded and uh, dropped right into the device of your choice, including full show podcasts. So say you're a, a driver or you're getting, or you say you work the, uh, the graveyard shift, you get home at six in the morning or whatever, you're up at two o'clock, you want to listen to us, bingo, bango, full show right there for you. All you have to do is subscribe on the Odyssey app or at weei.com. To extend what we were doing last segment for you, with, with a win on Sunday, what does it mean for, we did, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy. What does it mean for Patrick Mahomes? This okay. is where the Brady legacy yeah. and the ties into the Patriots come into play.
0: So for years and years and years, right? For the entirety of Brady's you know career, you always have the talking heads and the pregame analysis and uh, and the game picks. And I remember so many times, countless times. There would be a team that most people universally agreed was better than the Patriots and should beat the Patriots. And every single talking head would get up there and they would say, yeah, well, you know, and you know, my, I feel the Baltimore they would give all the reasons why Baltimore would win or Indy Indy would win win, or or whoever San Diego would win at the time. Denver would win. They would give you just a, a bunch of stats and information and they were all right. But then they would sit there and say, but I can't pick against Brady. Like, but they have Brady. It was like, that's what they always said. That is where Mahomes is now. I see the same thing happening right now with Mahomes, with the Baltimore Ravens, going on the road. You had your first road game against the Buffalo Bills ever since you've been a starter, and you won. You did what you always do. You make plays. You find a way to win. And now... Everything is pointing towards the Baltimore Ravens with their great defense and Lamar Jackson, and he's going to be the MVP. But here comes Patrick Mahomes. He just doesn't care. He just makes plays. He's just got it. He's got the same type of DNA that Brady has. Mm -hmm. So he he loves the fact that nobody believes in him. He loves the fact that you think that they're going to lose on the road to Baltimore. So he just sits there, and he just... He draws energy from it. That's what it means for for Patrick Mahomes, and it maybe it's already there yet. Because I saw out of all the people so far, kind of previewing this game, I've only seen like a couple people do it. Normally with Brady, it was everybody. Yeah, man, but I can't pick again. Even the ones that hated Brady eventually came around to, but
2: I hate him, and but especially I after I can't pick against well, them. Well, especially after Atlanta where yeah. you're down 28. Like if there were those who were holding out on the, I'm not going to subscribe to the, yeah, it's Brady train. And then Atlanta happens. There's no way you could stay off. At yeah. That point. I feel like he's there. He's there. He's at, he's, he's
0: drinking from the same trough as
2: well. Brady. Look, a part of the reason why I will poke fun at the wide receiver people is because it is that, that that is the end all be all. And I use Tyree kill as a perfect example. Tyreek Hill went to Miami, and, yep, they eked in at 9-8 and eight last year, got into the playoffs. He had about 50 yards in a game against Buffalo and didn't really do much, and Miami lost. This year, Miami made the playoffs. They tanked their way in, or at least they cratered in the end of the regular season. You have a playoff game. What did Tyreek Hill do? A pedestrian day. Uh, to me, $30 million is much more well spent on an Aaron Donald or Chris Jones or real interior mother bleeper defensive lineman that causes people like Patrick Mahomes and others problems. I think, uh, really, quite honestly, mm, hasn't met up with a lot of great interior defensive linemen, and Kansas City did a good job of rebuilding their own line because they took away Tyreek Hill, who's supposed to be the bee's knees and puts up a lot of offense. But when it comes to actually practically winning football games, clearly Kansas City knew what they were doing in letting that guy go because they strengthened the other parts of the team that are allowing them to get gritty, gutty wins now, whereas before it was a lot of flash and explosion. Now they can slow it down. They can explode. And it really is all because of Mahomes and Good spending on a plan to make sure they kept that guy upright. And they did And you got to give – I mean, Kansas City completely retooled their offensive line a couple years ago. And they've done a good job. And look, for Mahomes, you're right. He is in the – well, they got Mahomes – I mean, especially right now. I mean, because you're it? drawing more and more. You have yeah. more and
0: more examples of him proving people
2: wrong. He went and did mean, it on the road in the cold. Yep. You know, so that was like the next thing. Could he do it on the road? All that kind of against, stuff. And you think about, like,
0: I mean, it's not Steve McNair, Peyton Manning type stuff, right? It's not there yet. But, but you went on the road against a a top five quarterback in the league. Listen, he, he doesn't have the wins, but he's damn good and, and 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 neither guy plays defense but you're still credited for going head to head against you know Josh Allen and he didn't make the plays when he needed to Steve
2: McNair won an MVP correct yeah but Steve McNair also kind of got caught up in the Brady Manning era of quarterbacking where maybe that's what Josh Allen is destined to be Without the Super Bowl appearance, is that you had Brady, you now have Mahomes, you now have Lamar Jackson who maybe breaks through and gets in there. So it does kind of make me wonder if what Steve McNair kind of was 20 years ago and not in that like they got to a Super Bowl, but it was really before the Brady Manning train started that that Josh Allen becomes that guy who just kind of gets left out because of either Burrow and Mahomes or Lamar
0: Jackson. So, I mean, yeah, last week we were talking about, like, all the different – like, the wave of terror that Brady, you know, had on these uh, – oh on God. quarterbacks. And and and, and there's the list – like, Steve McNair was one of them. Phillip Rivers was one of them. Peyton Manning, for a spell, was one of them. You know, uh, and then with Mahomes – Josh Allen seems to be that guy that he just – listen, if it wasn't – like when Josh Allen is done, he would he say, if it wasn't for freaking Patrick
2: Mahomes, we my career would have looked different. Hey, look at it this way. Even Brady as an old still got in the way of Patrick Mahomes. That's why Brady will always, always have the edge over Mahomes even if Mahomes goes and wins 10 Super Bowls. Because when they went head-to-head twice and one was on the biggest stage and Pat Mahomes in Kansas City lost to a quarterback who most thought by age 42, 43 would have aged out. And instead, he won a freaking Super Bowl. Yeah,
0: and the way they did it too was like, spectacular. Like yeah. three third and tens in a row to get him down to the end zone and then they they run it in. Uh, you're right. It was like Patrick Mahomes would need to have a similar end to his career going up against the next Patrick Mahomes in his own right <laughs> against and then being that son. guy yeah <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe it is 20 his years kid. down the road or Who something the hell knows? like that yeah that kid's like a like a like in 6th grade right
2: now uh, so uh, let's get to Bill Belichick. Because everybody is waiting for him to eventually take the Atlanta job. Uh, Bill was the first guy to get two interviews with Arthur Blank and company down there. And apparently now it is Bobby Slowick and another round of Jim Harbaugh. And they're doing all kinds of interviews down there in Atlanta. Uh, But this is something that Adam Schefter said earlier today on the four-letter network talking about the Belichick market. Falcons are interested, but the Falcons have
0: this open search. Like there's a lot of people. And maybe, maybe in the end it comes up on Bill, but maybe it doesn't. We don't know how it's gonna work out. And but so far, like that's the only team that I can tell that has engaged in heavy conversation. They've met with him twice. We know that, right? What's there the- might be more talking oh, yeah. to him, the- but we don't know of anybody just yet. Is it his age?
2: Is that it? Age uh,
0: Again, I, I just I guess I would go back to the Brady argument. I didn't understand it then, okay. and I don't understand it now. Okay, I didn't. Same. I I felt like there were more teams People that thought, should have been interested yeah. in Brady, and there should be more teams that are interested in Bill. And and right now, there aren't. Just like there weren't with Tom. It's like that's crazy to me, but that's the reality. Isn't that a isn't like that's actually a good point because even when the Brady stuff was going on, there was always just two teams, and one team became more determined than the other one to 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 sign him and with bill i was uh, uh, he's right why aren't they what is it about him that cuz you would think this is a once in a lifetime opportunity mm-hmm. this is not a coach that is saying well, you just want to i just want to get by that's not his personality that's not his style you would think that they would be lining up to sign him and if if and if and if brady is the cautionary tale to the other teams that said, nah, I'd rather stay with my guy and, you know, and you're going to choose that mf over me? I mean, Bill's got the same mentality. He's got They think the same. They're cut from the same cloth. <clears throat> Schefter's right. Why? Like,
2: why wouldn't you do it? Well, there's uh, there are two reasons. One, clearly the age, like Brady... You know, there are more NFL people. I know that no one will admit this now because Brady has proven out to beat Father Time. He might be the only guy that beat Father Time as a pro athlete. But I bet you there were a lot of people in the NFL who were like, you know what, Belichick's right. He's over 40. He's going to crater. You know, when what Max Kellerman said five years before, you know, yeah, the whole cliff. I would bet you dollars to donuts that if you got a lot of personnel people off the record and been like, hey, how come you guys weren't in it for Brady and they would just go, he's 42, what did you want me to do? Like, what general manager? Now, again, it's the greatest quarterback who ever lived. Jason Light's going to live a whole nother football life because of making that move, but people are job scared. Dan uh, Dan Morgan, former linebacker, yeah. just got the general manager job in Carolina. Does a guy like that want to go to his boss and then say, "I got a great idea. We're going to go hire a guy that's going to make way more money than me who could do my job <laughs> as well, and we're going to bring yeah. him in." It's just that that so I think, you know, like Terry Fontenot in Atlanta clearly has no pull in this. With everybody, he might be trying to hold on like grim death to his job, praying, please, God, don't bring Belichick in here. But on the whole, I think that guy knows he's a dead man walking. So you've got some teams who need a GM who don't. So some of those are automatically crossed off. And then, like Washington, they name that guy Adam Peters. And then who knows what the hell they're doing. You know what I think it is? I think they're intimidated by him. I definitely think they're, well, there's also sticker shock, too. I mean let's be real do you think in the league owners didn't have a general idea as to how much it costs to have that guy and that is not a cap expense that's not something that can be baked into the books that's an actual expense that an owner incurs of I can pay my head coach 5 million or I can pay him 20 million dollars
0: and I would also and to that I would add there was well there wasn't quite as much sticker shock to Brady but they That franchise, their value of the franchise rose significantly. Mm-hmm. The season ticket holders, they jumped, they raised the prices, they sold merchandise, everything. They got more exposure. They got better players. I mean, the environment, the experience alone was worth the money. It is worth the money. And that's the part where you sit there and go, okay, you just got to find the right guy, the right team, the right situation. Because even though there was like, oh, what, was there seven openings? seven head coaches yeah. openings right and like what are they three are actually well, taken Las, up right now well Las
2: Vegas got filled without putting a general manager in so they ended up doing like what the Patriots did they named a head coach and then we don't know who's running personnel there because they fired That's Dave a collaboration? Zanger. well apparently in Atlanta uh they requested second interviews with uh the guy Ben Johnson the OC from Detroit yeah. and Aaron Glenn of the Jets
0: also of the Lions
2: I would oh the Lions yeah, sorry, but
0: basically he two played
2: for Lions the Jets. Coordinators. So basically, it seems like Atlanta is doing a very thorough. I, this is going to sound bad, but I don't know any other way to say it. There's so much pressure on hiring now in the NFL that I feel like the Falcons are going to land on Bill. But before they hire a 72-year-old white guy, they're going to double-check all of their interview boxes. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, and
0: and again, they have to.
2: Well, they, they have, have to. to to a point. I think they're going to be you think like they're gonna overdo it. They're going to be extra, but oh, okay. There's going to be. I think they got second interviews with like seven or eight people now. Jeez, what a nightmare. Yeah, I know. Well, again, uh, the the These NF- new
0: interviews can't take place until next
1: week. That's so right. I'm not going to get any news on anything because the
2: lie is. So if you're Bill and you're sitting there, you're like, <laughs> you actually actually for Bill, there's really no pressure when you think about it. He knows who he's bringing in. It's it's the usual suspects. And right now, those guys are just waiting. They're waiting. Waiting for Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and you know Josh McDaniels. Those guys aren't going anywhere. They can sit. They can just wait it out. And hell, McDaniels, he can really wait. He's got. He's sitting on money. Joe Judge made a pile. Matt Patricia's got a bunch. So you know they're they're not like uh, Steve Belichick, who I'm sure ain't broke, but he ain't rich like those guys. You know what I mean? Oh, not like Dad. Oh, or or hell, even like Josh. The three, would do you think? Do you think that
0: the three top head coaches available will get jobs? Vrabel, Harbaugh, Bill. Oh it, yeah, all three of them, right? Yes. I mean, this is legit, just a formality that we're going through because the three best candidates, in no particular order, are Bill Harbaugh
2: and, and Vrabel, they're negotiating. I I think that's a lot of this. A lot of those second interviews are process, but it's also negotiating. And you know what? If Bill doesn't coach next year, I'd be real curious to see what he would do. Does he wait out a hiring cycle and then come back next year? Sean Payton. Right. Now you're 73. Does he do a Sean Payton? And if that were the case, maybe Kraft should have held on to that uh, ability to get something for him. But, oh, well. Mutually parting of the ways. Sorry, that's right. It's mutual. It's now collaborative. And, yeah. Uh,
1: Mocking, mocking, mocking next
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise
1: with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Gresh and Poirier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app.
0: And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
2: Hey by the way, beware of your uh fly by night kind of uh mock drafts that are out there. You know, when uh uh when com puts out their uh mock draft. Is he doing he should do a mock draft. Oh, by I'm the sure way. he will. He does whatever. Yeah, whatever he the, does. Yeah, whatever the yeah, guy from WB. the Ringer yeah. Yeah, when does really? Danny Kelly from The Ringer put his out so Shimey can then steal half of it and put it into his? I was going to say,
0: how much information is he really
2: just taking for somebody else? Oh, there's a lot of that. We who's we've the, called him out on it over the years. Who's the one
0: guy? Like, uh, what is it? The uh, the monster draft book or something It's something crazy. It's like a it's literally like a book like like like. Well, you Kuiper
2: know. used to do the blue book. Uh, And that was, well, no, there's a guy out there, Frank Coyle, Draft Insiders Digest, DraftInsiders.com. I've known Frank for a long time. He's among the few people that is still kind of putting out a book. Everybody, even Mel, you know, because he re-signed with ESPN, moved it online. I have so few things that I keep from the years of doing this mind-numbing schlock, right? Whatever it is programs, all that kind of stuff from Super Bowls. I've been bitched out and yelled at by my wife a million times over for not like hoarding stuff, keeping stuff, whatever. There's maybe two or three things that are on the list of stuff that I have actually gone and hoarded. And one of them was one of my last times I worked at at ESPN radio, I did a show with Mel and I had a blue book. It was like from the last edition of the blue book that he did, and I had him sign it and stashed it away because now it's really an era gone by. You used to get your updates and your blue book from Kuiper and it come in the mail and you'd be like, oh, this is awesome. Now ESPN paid him just basically move it online. So among the few, and now that is such a weird relic, I understand, to have. But for me, it was unbelievable because you don't think about the draft. Without thinking now about Mel Kuyper.
0: Yeah. So, I, when I hear uh, Blue Book, I think of those little things I used to, uh, little blue books that I used to write my essays in when I was in college.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Kelly Blue Book. Well, How, that's another you know, one. Because you're such a, you're a big car guy. Oh, yeah. And I know swapping cars. Swapping cars out left uh, and right. Nobody knows you cars like that. me. You need to know that. Nobody Kelly knows, blue book <laughs> Hold on, yep. nobody knows dumb
0: car decisions better than me. Oh.
2: You know, I don't even want you to bring it out. I'm just, 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 no, no, no. I just I I, I I use it for reference because yeah. I've now known you to a point to be a man of cars you have one that sits in a garage for 10 months out of a year I know I yeah. just, it's, I mean, it's your no. thing it's I not, just figured not my garage. I figured you would have the Kelly Blue Book uh, to be able to contra- uh, no, contrast no. When, I think
0: of the Blue Book when they, they would say uh, okay uh, there's four questions that you have to study for <laughs> uh, one of the four will be on the test and I would literally gamble I was like you know I'm just going to gamble I'm only gonna study three of the four. One is gonna have to die in the vine. Were they bubble tests? No bubble. This is what you you would like. You would they you come in with your blue book, and then the question would be up on the on the board, and you would have to write an essay form in your blue book the answer to the question. So it wasn't bubble like you literally just bam history English whatever it is like you would have to write, and then you would hand the blue book in. Okay, and then they would take the blue book and they would just grade you on your essay.
2: I one of the uh, one of the best stories I was ever told was by this guy who, when I was at URI, he was a grad assist. His name is John Miller. He's a linebacker, I think, like a second or third team All Big Ten player, something like that. Right? Gets out of school, comes in. He's like the big hardo weightlifting guy. He was hard. I mean, real hardo. You know what I mean? But he gave us the best idea on how to write your cheat. answers in the blue book beforehand. Nope. Get the answers before? Get the questions before? His was done all that. Got in trouble. But uh, his was put your arm in a sling. (laughs) <laughs> so and your in your like us kind of you're in the you're in the you're in the bubble test room <laughs> and he was like you just kind of stand up and you like, oh my shoulders kind of I just need to get up and move every once in a while and he's like sit by the smart kids whenever you stand up you just kind of look down you memorize the row you write them down oh, and man. if God forbid they bust you put a page of notes taped around your forearm so that way if you didn't do the shoulder gimmick, if they were like watching you up front, you could still do the. Oh man, my, I messed my form up playing football. I'm so sorry. I just got to run." You turn the notes a little bit so you can look into your. See, thing. I would say it would take. It's I rather, a lot of effort. I, I was like, I'd rather just study. Yeah, no, I'd rather. <laughs> it's it was easier you, to do that. I, I can only imagine the we teacher saying, "We got ourselves a bonafide cheating scandal." And I, I wrote a paper on that and had on to, cheating. Oh yeah, and and had to bicker with my journalism professor because she said it was too unethical to print in a newspaper. I said. This this is what newspapers should be telling people. It's educational on how the '90s students are cheating right in front of you, dum dum.
0: I had a teacher one time uh, that he found out that it was in high school that everybody was uh, was was cheating. Right? It was, you know, whatever sophomore, whatever year it was. Uh, he took those old school like blackout sunglasses with the with the sides. <laughs> they had the like a leather side. Yeah. they were totally in vogue back then. And he put his <laughs> his debt his chair right on top of the desk. Sat on the chair up on top. So we had like bird's eye view of everybody put his sunglasses on and just didn't move.
2: Unbelievable.
0: And he, no one could see where he was looking. No one, nobody, everybody failed. Nobody, nobody did well on that test. The
2: massive auditoriums of five to 600 kids in a class was just set up. It was ripe for cheating. Oh, I've been in the, I remember walking into one of those. I'm like, this is for real, for real. Yeah. Like we're there's
0: like nobody's walking up and down the, the little aisle there and like and it was an auditorium setup mm-hmm. 500 kids in there everyone's got the same test
2: and what you got to learn to do is see the kids who do well on the first test identify them and try to sit near them so whenever you did your stand up gimmick or whatever you looked over their shoulder you can get all Again, the good answers in my I should have just you know we should have studied. studied I studied in my core curriculum Meaning, like, if it were journalism oh, stuff, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. in. The undergrad but stuff. But if it was, yeah. Was, I was yeah. like, I, I, had a, I had an I'm astronomy a, class. Poli-sci, get out of oh, here. Oh, yeah. We,
0: I had an astronomy class at night, a night class, astronomy, which, at, which which
2: meant absolutely nothing. They tricked you. They said, football players get to do it during the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. It was I would have fallen for it. Class. It was the stupidest class I ever took, and nobody studied for it. The guy who was teaching the class was a former football player who was a Rhodes Scholar, and it was literally just show up and you're going to get an A.
2: That was, yeah. I had I had what, coaching football. Yeah. <laughs> I got to take coaching football. And who taught it? One of the coaches. So he would say, yeah. hey. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Coaching football was a class. Oh yeah, I got three credits for coaching football. You know what? Here is what. Honest to god, here is like what, the
0: Keanu Reeves class or the
2: Taylor Swift yep. class. My my last semester there so was real trash, uh, but yeah, I did. Uh, I did coaching football, and they were like, "Hey, uh, draw, explain." <laughs> so th- no word of a lie. I walked in, and they go, "Hey, can you explain the two, three, four, five? and outside run plays to this class. And I literally stood up there, drew it up the way we would – Tried to dumb it down a little bit, and the guy was like, great. He was like, you don't have to come back. You're good. I went to one class, taught him how to run the ISO plays, and that was it. I, I, mean, I was done. That's that's what they do for, like, moms and teachers.
0: Yeah. At, like, it, it was yeah. like a summer hey, school. They The Patriots, uh, football 101 for all the moms out there. I think and, that's
2: kind of what they called it. it. Football, it, called 101, it football 101. on 101. I get that. I was like, oh, you need an elective. Oh, oh that's too that. funny. Uh, so, mocking, mocking, mocking. As you can imagine, everybody has the Patriots taking a quarterback, especially after uh, Gerard Mayo's kind of uh, let us down that we road a cash couple to of burn, times, homie. So uh, Mel Kuyper has the Patriots taking Drake May number three yep. in his first mock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Jeremiah of NFL Network, you and I are uh, the fans of his work. Uh, he hasn't taken Jaden Daniels. So does uh, CBS Sports. Um, I guess we'll mention SI. They still kind of exist, sort of, I guess. I don't know. Maybe an AI bot put all this together, but uh, they had the Patriots taking Jaden Daniels. And I guess my question here, Christian, is with some of the interviews that Gerard Mayo has scheduled in terms of the offensive side of the ball, it looks like it's the... Instead of being different, oh, let's do what everybody else is doing. Which is what? Let's go to the Rams tree or we'll go or pick on a Cincinnati tree or something like that because they were connected to the Rams and all that stuff. Um, No one from the 49ers. And, again, I know the 49ers are playing football they tree but, is bare. All their guys left, and they're all in the, they were all in the playoffs. Very interesting, which goes to show maybe the strength of Kyle Shanahan as a coach that they haven't gone full blown Philadelphia Eagles like Sirianni. But I digress. Um, it makes me wonder about which quarterback fits a Cincinnati Rams, San Francisco system, wherever they're stealing all this from. I, I think what I think a part of it of what really gets me is is that. Great, everybody's doing the McVeigh stuff. Or there are more people who want to do the McVeigh stuff. And not all of them can do it at the level of Shanahan, McVeigh. Hell, even McVeigh's been up and down in running the McVeigh stuff.
0: But McDaniels is is cut from that same cloth. Miko Ryan's is cut from that same cloth. I mean, that. And Mike it, McDaniel has a, done
2: a nice job, but now two playoff appearances. He's Mr. Offense, and they've been skunked. Oh, and by the way, did you hear they got Tyreek Hill? He changes oh everything. Oh, my God. I forgot they have Tyreek no, Hill. No, but my, my whole point is, is that at what point are you just another team that goes along and does what everybody else is trying to do on but, offense? But, but that's what it But that is, they just for the record.
0: If you want to go way back to when all this, they did the same thing with Joe Gibbs and his offense. Then they did the same thing for Bill Walsh and his offense. Every single guy that was on staff. And then when Holmgren left and he goes to Green Bay, everybody who left his family tree brought the West Coast. Like You don't ever hear about the West Coast offense anymore. And I will tell you, in the 90s and the early 2000s, that's what everybody ran Everybody ran that or a version of it. Right. They when you, tried to. When you hear like when you hear analysts, especially like the older ones, talk about plays, they're all using verbiage from the West Coast offense. Now it's a little bit different. The, the crazy thing is like the Patriot offense never took off. No one could ever take the Patriot offense and then use it somewhere. It never ever worked because the Patriots offense was Brady. Like that was the offense. Who's running the Patriot offense? Who right. is I mean, nobody. Right now, nobody, no. Okay. But so I would say when you define uh when you find a but, system but, like like McVeigh, like like Shanahan, of course, of course you would try to like recreate it and grab those guys because offense is where it's at. And their systems, their blocking techniques, the way they uh, you know, why they the way they look at defenses and how to expose them. At some point in time, will someone take the Detroit Lions?
2: Offense and and that will be a thing. Well, I think they're doing some of the West Coast stuff, but again, they're they're committed to running the ball as well, which is and running the ball is a big part of of kind of what they do. I'm like, just saying like it's, Baltimore. It's, this, is not,
0: this is the natural. No one's going to take the Baltimore offense. And say, let me because they don't have Lamar no, Jackson. No,
2: that's what I was going to say is that when you have a guy that is that different, that's why what Baltimore did is uh, unique and different. And look, you know, they're a step away from maybe finally breaking through and getting to a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. Eric Bannamy,
0: how's his offense, dude? How, how, mean, how'd, his, how'd that Kansas City offense doing? Andy Washington? Reed, doing Washington, no, no, it doesn't work. So uh, there
2: are some that Whoa, I think hold on. are more... It, it can work. No, and no, it, it has worked. Just like the Patriots offense has worked. even before- Brady was the guy who came along and mastered it. But that offense was run by guys like Vinny Testaverdi and others in the 90s. You know, there's, there's a lot of evolution from not only the West Coast offense into some of what is being run under that Shanahan tree. Just like when you... Oh, who's the team that I just mentioned? Damn it, I just lost my train of thought now. The Lions. Yeah, yeah, no, but the 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 Lions are committed to the running portion of that as well, and they do have some explosive people on the outside. I don't think as many teams are as committed to the running part of what they want to do offensively to be able to balance themselves out and make it easier. I just think there's too many of the, well, we're not running it well today, so let's try to throw it 60 times to win. If you could throw consistently 60 to 65 times in the NFL and win, someone would do it. There's a reason no one does it. Like we say that, oh, it's all about offense and it's all about throwing the ball. Well, then somebody go out there and fling it uh, 50 times a game every week and win a Super Bowl and prove that that can really work. The problem is it hasn't. You have to kind of balance it out a little bit. But I think there are some coaches who just get paralyzed in the, ooh, let's get out there and fling it, chuck it, duck it, and all that kind of stuff. And you sort of have to have a fundamental base to build from to be able to get to that point. And yet I think too many coaches just want to skip it. Ooh, go get this guy, go get that guy, give me a strong-arm quarterback. Eh, we'll figure out how to protect him occasionally. Well, Just chuck it down and the I field. I would say
0: if there's – if.
2: True or false? That's Miami. To True me. or false?
0: We'll call it. Are we what? How? What are we calling the offense? Are we call it the McVeigh offense or the I, Shanahan uh, offense? How
2: about this? Why don't we just call it? It's like Project X. Okay, how about pro, offense
0: the, X right now? Project X X offense seems to be less reliant on a high level quarterback. Oh. Seems to be wait the seems Shanahan seems to be. or the the McVeigh? No, it seems to be you. Here, well, hear me out real quick. The McVeigh is different than the Shanahan. They're they're both from the same tree. They're both from. They both were on staff at the same time right. with the Redskins. Now, commanders, and
2: one in Shanahan is committed, like Detroit, to make sure that they are better balanced than McVeigh. McVeigh, honestly, it, where if it if if it if this scenario happened here, what would people say? you had the number one pick and you made the Super Bowl and then you traded the guy? Oh, to then turn around and grab another former number one pick and give up a bunch of draft picks? When you really think about it, Jared Goff is a step away from going back to a Super Bowl with another team, and you say it's not about the quarterback. No. They traded a number Hold one on. pick to when go we, get a veteran guy about, who could close we talk the gap. about
0: next-level quarterback play, I'm not saying Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. I'm not saying like I'm not saying that at all. But then now, he's why, obvious, would he, why would he well, go because, get a veteran if
2: it wasn't well, about? My point the is
0: like when you think of like what uh, and it's it's hard to even do it because it's just they're not comparable. Like some quarterbacks literally create as they go. And it is such a masterclass of how you can find spacing and this and And it's and the play is written and it never works out that way. Mahomes
2: and Kelsey. Those guys have Yeah. If the it's, play it's, breaks down, they figure it, it out. I mean,
0: but but Brady, Manning, these are these are Hall of Famers on next level, and they're not even close to get, I would never put Jared Goff, but Jared Goff is a good pro quarterback. So is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a good pro quarterback. You can win with Kirk Cousins. Yep. Does everything have to be right for them to win a Super Bowl? Absolutely. But He's a a good quarterback in the pros. Most teams would wish that they could have a guy like Kirk Cousins.
2: Yeah, and I hope that we get to a point to where we wipe out the, oh, it's got to be perfect for them to win a Super Bowl because at least in our lifetime, there might only be two guys where that isn't the case, and it's Brady and Mahomes, and they're, of course, all-time legends. Otherwise, you know, like what. Yeah, so it's not perfect enough around Josh Allen, I guess, or is maybe Josh Allen a little overrated? Like that's where you start to get to the, how much have we pumped these guys up into something that they aren't, and you you look at what is reality in the NFL, and I don't know again if there are really any quarterbacks. See the problem that here that here in New
0: England is that. Tom Brady is basically Larry Bird now. Well, th- you're exactly right. It's like it's like how long? It's like Larry Bird has not played in, like, forever, and people still use him as a comp, mm-hmm. still use him as a comparison, even though they have won a championship with future Hall of Famers uh, uh, on the Celtics. They still do
2: it. And that, that's not a bad thing. It's just it's so unrealistic. Well, there you go. And I think that's more of what we're realizing is that – you know, what we had here was almost like a fever dream for 20 years. You don't go through sort of runs with Belichick and Brady and stuff like that. And you're right. The surge the continues. I like that. Offense X. Because <laughs> it's just a project right now. I hope it's something
0: totally different that nobody's ever seen. I hope it is that. It's not going to be the Patriot
2: old Patriot offense, that's for sure. It ain't going to be different either. It's different than what others are running? Are you kidding me? They're going down the... We're not like everybody else. There's nothing unique anymore. Oh, where are these? De- All right, here you go. Here are the guys that we know on defense. You okay, unique we'll is interview in the eye these of the guys. Beholder. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you. <sighs> hey, Nick Kayley. who would have thought of that? My God. Who would have thought to say, hey, let's go interview Nick Kaley. Never heard of him before. Did you? Mm, uh, Titans coach. Lunchtime parlay is next. Tell your smart speaker to play.
0: 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sad to report that for the first time since early September... (laughs) <laughs> we had the golden sombrero last night. Well, first of all, Billy's action got canceled right away because old uh, Porky Porzingis didn't uh, get after it down in Dallas last night. So that went to no action and knocked us down to a three-leg parlay, which we all lost. Wake didn't cover. Besser didn't score. Wembyama went over 21 and a half. So, Just a pretty crappy effort by all of us all the way around. Now, again, whether you lose one of the picks or three of the picks, it's still just $10 on the old uh, lunchtime parlay. However, we strive to at least get winners in there, for God's sakes. So, again, first time since early September, we didn't get nothing right. Time to change that around. Oh, no. Lunchtime parlays presented by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, and the official sportsbook of WEEI. Uh, I'll go first, if for anything else, just to kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, Utah is playing New Orleans tonight. If you look over the last 15 games, I do believe Utah's net rating the last 15, they're like sixth in the league. They've been playing a much better brand of basketball. They've been scoring. So give me Utah plus six and a half against New Orleans. Now, on the other side of that, here's Billy Landy. All right, same game, obviously. I'm going with Zion Williamson. Points, assists, rebounds over 35 and a half. Interesting. Wow, that's a lot. Well, because lot the, jazz, uh, the Jazz the have actually been uh, playing a little defense. You know, they've been uh, holding teams okay. I think it's like 11th in defense or something like that over the past 15 games. Uh, but Zion, just show up, buddy. That's all. I mean, Seriously. Is there, I got to tell you, is Zion Williamson going to go down as one of the more massive overrateds in the history of sports? Like, he was supposed to be a, like, LeBron James kind of, or just light of that in terms of a megastar. And he's got a cool name. Yep. And he plays in a place that people love to visit, but after that, I don't know.
0: I'm with you. you, you, If you label it that way, overrated, overhyped, coming out of college. Look, he blew out his shoes. He's so
2: powerful. Look at him dunk. Who will have the better career? Uh, Will it be uh, Trevor Lawrence or Zion Williamson? Ooh, ponder that one while Nick gives his pick. Chicken Dick, what do you got?
0: I wanted to go with an alternate line on this one, but I didn't want Gresh to get mad at me. Please don't. Uh, So the Oilers, they are hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. The Blue Jackets might, well, the second best, the worst team in hockey behind the Sharks. But
1: the Oilers score a million goals. The Blue Jackets don't score any. So give me the Oilers on the puck line tonight. I wanted to go with minus two and a half because I think it's going to be a blowout. But I went with just a normal puck. There
2: you go. That's right. Let's not get greedy now for crying out loud. Don't get all oiled up in there because you're picking Edmonton. All right. And finally, Uh, Christian Foria. Well,
0: here's the deal. So I got to get back on track. I need I need to I need some uh, some good vibes, so I'm going to old reliable. Oh boy, Nikola Jokic over nine and a half assists. I'm just gonna do it. Like I just need. I feel like that's my binky. That's my feel good blanky. That's your home. That's you go that. back. I, to, I go back to my
2: home. You're you go right. Back to home with Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he won't let me down. That's my guy. So and, and no nothing other than that's my home. Jokic over 9.5 assists, the Oilers minus the goal and a half, Zion to go over 35.5 points assists and rebounds, Utah plus 6.5 against the Orleans, and as soon as Coop updates the Fourier pick on there as well, you will realize that today's $10 parlay is worth $109.01. And once there it is. There's the Jokic over nine and a half assists there for Foye. We will get that out on social media. Gresh Foyer, W E I on Twitter. <laughs> Gresh and Foyer on Instagram. Or you could get a Dan uh, uh, whatever, uh, whatever uh, woman's knit
0: midi Den tank. The, yeah, mini yeah, on mini Prime. tank for you. Uh, right. You think about maybe grab one of those. Forty
2: one ninety nine. <laughs> got four and a half stars gresh ain't nothing uh, mid or middy about me i, can I would tell love you to that, see if friend. i can
0: throw you in one of those see what that would look like uh
2: we'll throw tommy curran onto the harbor one hotline next
1: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours